From the Florida border up to Nashville, Tennessee, this is Skinnerd Reconsidered. We have a very special guest today, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Artemis Pyle. You may have heard of him. He played drums in a band called Leonard Skinnerd. Sadly, Artemis Pyle is now the only remaining member of the real Leonard Skinnerd. And we talk about that. Can you believe this? When I started this podcast, I would not have predicted that I'd get to talk to one of the members of the real Skinnerd. I'm just a simple man, after all. Just a simple country podcaster. Ain't made a penny one off this here podcast. But here I am, talking to a famous rock star. Artemis could not have been nicer. He's a huge personality and a passionate guy. He's had such an interesting life that I didn't even get to mention that he has survived three plane crashes and a car crash that broke his leg in 21 places. It's like the guy is invincible. My wife wanted to know if he still gets on planes, but I didn't get to that either. We do talk about his dad tragically dying in a plane crash. Unbelievable. What Artemis has had to endure. And as you will see, Artemis is an open book. Strangely enough, he wrote a book that you cannot open due to some lawsuits. I just made that segue up on the spot. Pretty good, huh? But the co-author of that Artemis book is Dean Goodman. And he basically got me this interview. So I want to thank him. Thanks, Dean. The Artemis Pile Band released a new album on February 2nd called Anthems honoring the music of Leonard Skinnerd. It's new recordings of 13 classic Skinnerd songs with some amazing special guests like Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton, and Warren Haynes. The guests handle the Ronnie Van Zant vocals. And I have to be completely honest with you here. When I first heard about this album months ago, I did not quite understand the point. But after listening to the album and talking to Artemis, I get it. The band truly does sound great, especially the drums, and I'm not just saying that. Sometimes the vocals can be a little jarring, since you're so used to hearing Ronnie, but the production is amazing, and the band can definitely play these songs. I especially like Saturday Night Special, featuring Warren Haynes from Government Mule and the Allman Brothers Band, who fits in perfectly here. Give Me Three Steps is a lot of fun with Artemis bashing away on the drums, and On the Hunt kills. Glad they included On the Hunt here. So go check those out, and go to ArtemisPile.com to buy the limited edition Anthems vinyl. There's also a limited edition bundle. For 100 bucks. you can get the CD and a 15-inch drum head autographed by Artemis himself. But without further ado, baby, let's get to my conversation with Artemis Pyle. I enjoyed the hell out of it. So Artemis, turn it up. Where are you? So I'm, I'm outside of Nashville. I do the Skinnerd Reconsidered podcast, which is... Uh, a deep dive into Skinner. I do one episode for every Skinner song. 
of the of the real Skinner, the five original albums, and can't believe I've got you here today. Well, Clay, I, I appreciate it. Um, all things Skinner, uh, in anything that we can have out there that keeps Ronnie and his prolific writing in the public eye um, is something that I endorse and uh, and support. And so thank you. Oh, thank you, Artemis. And and I know that's the reason that you recorded your, your new album, the Artemis Pile Band recorded and just released an album called Anthems, which is new recordings of 13 classic Skinnerd songs. You've got some great guests on there like Dolly Parton and Warren Haynes. And I've, I've taken a listen, and, and and I swear I'm not saying this just because I'm talking to you, but what struck me was the drums. You have this great big fat drum sound on the record. You're playing heavy, and it's just fun to hear on all those great songs. Well, Clay, thank you so much. Um, you know, I was raised in Tennessee in Fentress County, Jamestown. Uh, okay. I've got rel- you know relatives in Nashville. Um, we're my family is related to Alvin C. York, you know, oh, okay. um, that has the statue up there on Capitol Hill. And right. uh, so, you know, I was born in Kentucky and raised in Tennessee. Uh, I, I I love Tennessee. Um, I love Nashville. Um, and I thank you for pointing that out because you're, oh, sorry. Uh, you are correct that, um, uh, I got a huge fat drum sound on this album and sonically um, the album sounds great with my big fat drum sound. And that was Kent Wells, um, a very respected producer and player. He's one of the greatest guitar players. So uh, Kent got me a, a beautiful drum sound, best drum sound I've ever had. Um, so I got to experience in, in, in response, uh, to your point, um, I was able to get this, the great Nashville drum sound, Yeah, but I wasn't limited to the restraints that a lot of drummers in Nashville, you know, they're told don't play a role. Don't do this. Don't do that. Uh, with me, I was wide open. I got this great fat drum sound. And I was able to play the Skinner songs without somebody telling me don't play. Um, and I, you know, my band's been together 15 years. Uh, Scott Raines, Jerry Lida, Dave Fowler, uh, Brad Durden, and myself, Artemis Gomer, Pyle, USMC. And uh, so, you know, I, I had the best of all worlds on this album. And then, of course, because it was engineered and mastered in Nashville, and Nashville has the best people in the world when it comes to, you know, mastering and getting that sound. So I had the best of all worlds. I, thank you so much for pointing that out. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. <laughs> I'm glad you do. I'm glad you're happy with it. Yeah. Cause sometimes the tribute albums, they can sound kind of, I don't know, watered down. I mean, this sounds like a, a great rock record. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of the song, give me three steps. It's fun to hear you play on, a song like that where you didn't play it on the original recording of course you played it live but you know and that song you know we're used to it the original starts with the isolated guitar riff and here it starts with a big drum groove from you 
Uh, you got tons of great fills throughout these big, deep Tom sounds. It was a blast to listen to. Thank you. Um, you know, when anytime I'm playing, of course, I'm thinking about all my friends. I'm thinking about Gary and and, and everybody. We just lost Gary uh, last year. Uh, I went to his service in Florida and we were able to get Gary and his iconic slide solo on uh, Freebird with Dolly uh, against all odds. There were people in Nashville trying to ruin it for everybody telling Gary that Dolly had pulled out of the project and that I wasn't going to pay the licensing fees and the mechanicals on the songs. It's absurd. You know, of course I'm going to cross the T's and dot the I's on these songs and the children and grandchildren of all my friends that are up in rock and roll heaven, you know, uh, they will benefit from the release of this album because their their fathers uh, and grandfathers wrote this music. So the lion's share of the the album will go to the children and grandchildren of of my friends. And when we lost Gary, he was the last founding member of Leonard Skinner. Um, and I am the last living member of Leonard Skinner. And I'm not bragging. It's not something that feels good. It feels bad. <clears throat> In all my interviews, um, I have said that. I have made that statement that, you know, it's not a good feeling to be the last member of Leonard Skinner. Uh, but I'm not going to change what I do. We're going to get on our tour bus, uh, our 1999 Prevo. We keep it clean. We run a tight ship. We're going to get on that bus and go play our shows. Uh, just like we've always done. So I'm not changing what I've done, uh, being the last living member. Uh, but but what I do love is that we were able, against all odds, to get Gary on there with Dolly. Gary deserved it. Dolly deserved it. Yeah. And now it's there for all time. And uh, it wasn't easy, my brother. I'm going to tell you. I mean, I'm so glad you got that done. And I, I think I heard that that was Gary's... That's his last recording, is that guitar solo on that song. His his iconic slide solo was the last thing that he recorded. And, you know, when I'm thinking about re-recording Freebird, I'm thinking, oh, God, you know, I'm looking up like going, Ronnie, <laughs> we're redoing Freebird. And I feel like Ronnie was saying, well, you better get somebody good to sing it. And I'm thinking, well, how about Dolly Parton, you know, uh, the number one human being, humanitarian, singer, songwriter, movie star in the world. Sure. Um, and and so and it did come out beautiful. And we did get Gary on there. And uh, we're, we're we're so happy that we were able to pull that off. And because Clay in Nashville, as you well know, uh, doing the dance and trying and you know trying to navigate 
the shenanigans of Nashville, Tennessee is difficult. It is not easy. Um, we were able to do it. And uh, the album was released on uh, February 2nd. And I was threatened with all kinds of lawsuits if uh, that the album was being held hostage and they would not release the album unless I signed away all of my rights and said that I'll never write a book and I'll never mention being in Leonard Skinner and I'll and a, and a disclosure non-disclosure agreement saying that I'll never tell anybody what they did to me to try to keep me from, uh, you know, releasing this album. It wow. was on the line, man. It was on the line. But February 2nd, Groundhog's Day, a few days ago, it came, it went. And uh, that it was the official release date. There's already about 4,000 of the albums out there. And I won't go into the details of all the people that were trying to prevent this from happening uh, because they wanted to ruin it for everybody because they didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, this is something that my band, that we decided we wanted to do, to honor Ronnie Van Zant, his music and his band. And that's exactly what we did. And once Dolly Parton agreed on Freebird, that opened the door for all the other amazing artists that we had on there. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had a wish list of people to be on the album. Um, and uh, the band did and our record company did. So, you know, against all odds, we got it done in February 2nd, came and went. And, um, you know, all of the threats of lawsuit and holding our album hostage, it really amounted to musical blackmail mm -hmm. and and fraud. Uh, and, and so we navigated that. And, it, and it, as I said, I don't want to beat a dead horse, uh, but, you know, it was not easy. Uh, artists, I'm, I'm glad you got it done, and I'm sure it was one headache after another, but I think, you know, the payoff is there. And I, I love that you talk about Ronnie in all your interviews. You always say, you know, this is all for Ronnie. It's a tribute to Ronnie. This album is a tribute to Ronnie. And your band, the Artemis Pyle Band, you guys tour, and you play Ronnie's songs. Let me ask you this. Are you surprised that even after Gary's death, that the band that's calling themselves Leonard Skinner continues to do shows? Uh, yes, Clay. I, I mean, number one, yes, I'm surprised um, and disappointed because, uh, you know, the word that I heard through the grapevine and, and top people said that Gary wanted them to retire um, the jersey, really? you know, after after his passing. Uh, we all live, we all die. It's how you live your life. Gary had an amazing life. He was only 71 years old. He could have lived longer. Uh, I don't call my band Leonard Skinner. I would never do that. Without Ronnie Van Zant. there is no Leonard Skinner. Agree. So, you know, am I disappointed? Uh, am, am I surprised? Yes, I am. Uh, they played a show the night before Gary's service in Florida. They came in in the tour bus. Uh, personally, after Gary's passing, I would have immediately canceled every gig until after Gary's services. And uh, I went to the service, 1,000 people plus there. Uh, Paul Rogers from Bad Company came in and spoke 
beautiful words about Gary, talking about what a gentle person Gary was. And he was. Gary was shy. He was a gentle guy. Everybody loved Gary. There was a lot of healing and a lot of love at Gary's. <laughs> at Gary's service, there was a lot of love and a lot of healing uh, that went down. Sure. And uh, I, there was about 20 people there that I wanted to punch in the face. Uh, mm -hmm. lawyers and managers and all these other assholes. Uh, but, you know, and all, all the people that think they know what goes on and out there on their little blogs and all their bullshit, you know, s saying lies. But but there was a lot of healing that day. And all of Gary's uh, beautiful guitars, his famous guitars, his SG, his Les Paul, his Strats, were all in the chapel, surrounded by flowers and pictures of of him, uh, of Gary and his children and grandchildren. It was very dignified. And uh, after the service, my uh, Scott Rains and Jerry Lida and I and Judy Van Zant went down to where Judy had Ronnie moved uh, that was away from the highway uh, by a pond with a fountain next to a bamboo grove on uh, a very quiet part of the cemetery. And uh, you know, I went down there just to be quiet and reflect. And uh, that's what I did. And, you know, we were down there uh, just in silence. And uh, Paul Rogers and Simon, you know, Simon Kirk from Bad Company came up and we uh, talked uh, a, a bit. And Judy was there and Melody, Ronnie's daughter. And uh, so it was uh, it was a quiet moment. Um but then, uh, you, you know, we, we came back home. We just, we went down there uh, to, to just be there and support uh, Gary. I got a brand new black suit, a new cowboy hat, uh, a new shirt, a new tie. Nice. I wanted to look good for Gary. I wanted to be, be there and be strong and look good for Gary. Yeah. And Gary's wife, uh, Dale, uh, I stood in line to see her. She was seated and very frail. And um, when she saw me, she stood up, gave me a hug. She said, Artemis, you look great. Thank you for coming. And I was, you know, I told Dale, I said, of course I'm here. And I gave, I gave Gary's daughters, uh, Mary Elizabeth and Annie Kathleen, uh, two brand new handkerchiefs, cotton handkerchiefs that I bought. I had in my, my suit pocket. And I gave them to them and one to Judy. Um, I knew that they would be upset. It was a hard day for them. And that they didn't want to, you know, a, a piece of toilet, a tissue paper all wadded up, you know, um, yeah. th that a, an all cotton, clean, brand new uh, handkerchief would come in handy. And at the end of the day, they still clutched them. And um, that's what I wanted to be there for was for his daughters and and Dale and his and, and Gary's family. Um, so uh, we, we did it. Uh, I just think that that every time Gary had a heart attack, they would uh, shame him. And Gary was a trooper. He'd, he'd do whatever he had to do. Uh, I, I wanted to, you know, they, they worked him. Any, any doctor would tell you, uh, give somebody with a heart, you know, heart uh, problems six months to, to heal up and get strong and then go out. Right. But they would always push him, push, push, push. 
because the damn money. See yeah. what I'm saying? That money. Yeah. That's what they. That's what they care about. That's what they're out there for. They're milking it. I think they're cheating the Leonard Skinner fans and fleecing them. I would never call my band Leonard Skinner. You know, we are a tribute band. We, yeah, hell yeah, we are. Like all the other tribute bands all over America, and then I, I played with hundreds of them. And uh, I put this band together 15 years ago, and nobody plays the music better than we do. Uh, all my guys are, you know, professional, successful businessmen. Uh, they have beautiful wives and uh, children and homes uh, and, and businesses. But as I say, they're in their six, you know, around 60. I'm 75. Uh, they grew up with this music and they love it as much as I do. And they play it with respect and honor and accuracy. Yeah. And it shows on the record. And I'm dying to see you guys live. I would much rather see your band than see this current version of Skinner. And I think you and I are kind of on the same page when it comes to, to that. But like I told you, the, uh, you know, the podcast here, I like to focus on the, the five real Skinner albums in and, and those days. So you joined, of course, on the third album, right before the third album. And I believe Saturday Night Special, is that the first song you recorded with Skinner? That's one of my personal favorites. Uh, it, it is, Clay. Uh, I, uh, I get a little emotional sometimes. Um, I understand. These are your friends that you love. Yeah. And, and uh, so the Saturday Night Special, the Burt Reynolds movie, The Longest Yard, it was on the uh, movie soundtrack. And um, I that was my first recording with the band. Uh, Al Cooper produced. We did it in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and, and, and so th that first song meant a lot to me. Uh, it's a very strong song. Yeah. Uh, the day that I recorded it, I sang, uh, sang, <laughs> I signed the wrongful death uh, papers to my father's uh, uh, death. He was hit from above and behind by a B-57 weather recon bomber in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Wow. He was in a brand new Cessna 150 with a man that had 36,000 hours of flying time. Uh, Dad always liked to fly over property to see the geographical lay of the land so he could place his homes and uh, design his storm drains and the streets. So he liked to look at it from above. And he was on a project out there. He was an architect and builder. And um, he was flying above it. Uh, they were at 1,200 feet, the, the B-57 hitting from above and behind. My dad never knew what hit him. Um, and the day that I signed the papers as administrator of his estate um, in Columbus, Ohio, I flew up there in the morning. I flew back to Atlanta. I had uh, gave my mother all of the money. I had $1 in my pocket. I had to jump the curb at the Atlanta airport because I didn't have six bucks to pay for the all-day parking. I walked, right? I walked my Volkswagen microbus, had a, a high ground clearance, and I walked it over the little uh, one foot high uh, border that, you know, to keep you from getting out and not paying. I walked my bus over that. I had a dollar in my pocket, and I went to a gas station, put my last dollar into the tank of my VW bus, and drove to. Doraville, Atlanta, 
mm-hmm. uh, Studio One and uh, went in and uh, I was upset. You know, I, I was uh, I, I was crying, you know, and Al Cooper asked me what was what's the problem? And I said, well, I just signed uh, the wrongful death papers to my father and uh, I'm pretty upset. My mom and I were upset and I was in Columbus this morning and Al, Al Cooper uh, said to me, he said, I'm, I'm not trying to be uh, insensitive, Artemis, but use that passion, use that ferocity, use that pain. Uh, so if you listen to the way I play Saturday Night Special, I'm laying into that first lick. And that's what I do live. I lay into it with all I've got. And uh, so, you yeah. know that that's that was the first song uh of of many and you're you're not kidding that's that's an incredible backstory and you can hear a lot of emotion in, in your playing there to me that's one of those iconic drum performances in rock history you with those machine gun snare drum fills on that song the the pattern on the hi-hat with those open hi-hat accents it's just perfect it's precise but it's you're bashing away yeah, I, that's one of my favorite Skinner songs. So that's amazing to know the, the story behind it. Thank you, Clay. It's one of my favorites as well, of course, because it's the first song. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the there's a drop beat, you know, and uh, that was not my idea. That was Al Cooper. Was it? He came out and he, he asked me, I'd like to take credit for it because <laughs> uh, it's so cool. Uh, but but Al came out and asked me, he said, Artemis, can you drop a beat on this um, and and do it like every other time or when you feel it and um, can you execute that and and of course I said yeah I'll I'll uh, I can do that and uh, it is an iconic uh, a drum uh, uh, part um, and 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 I'll give credit where credits due that's something Ronnie taught me to do give credit where credits uh, due and uh, the great Al Cooper you know, came up with, with that. And, um, and of course the beginning and everything else is, was just what I was feeling inside, um, with, uh, you know, the, the pain with my dad and the fact that here I am with this iconic band and, uh, recording a song for a movie. Um, to me, it was a win, win, win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a classic. Uh, so, once you were fully immersed in Skinnerd, what was it like, or what was the process taking a Skinnerd song from composition to the recording, even then to playing it live? Well, my deal with Ronnie was I write my own parts <laughs> because the band, they drove Bob Burns nuts because everybody would say, hey, Bob, can you do this? Do that. Don't forget this. You know, stop the music. Wait a minute, Bob, you didn't play the part that I wanted you to play. They drove him nuts. 
um, you know, try, and, and I thought he did a beautiful job. Al Cooper got Bob such a warm and fuzzy uh, sound. And um, he, he had a, a great al album sound on Pronounced and Second Helping. I did not like my sound on Nothing Fancy. Really? Later in years, when they digitally remastered all of our catalog, they brought my drums up in the mix, how they sounded when I'm sitting behind them. They, they brought the thunder the way I play. They brought that into the digitally remastering of all the stuff. But Bob had a great sound. I love Bob. Bob was in our band until he was killed in that car wreck. He was mm -hmm. in APB. He, he was in the Artemis Pile Band. We Apple. were inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame together. And uh, I, I, I miss Bob. And I, I love Bob. And, and Bob never got enough credit. Um, and I thought that Bob was, if someday Ronnie was going to bring Bob back. Because a lot of Southern rock bands, a lot of bands had double drummers. Right. And I always thought Bob was going to come back. And uh, perhaps he would have, but Ronnie was killed. And, and that was the end of that. Um, but, you know, Bob never got enough credit, um, I, I think, just like Ringo Starr. I would introduce Bob sometimes at, at gigs. And uh, I'd say, ladies and gentlemen, when you first fell in love with Leonard Skinner music, this is the man that was playing drums. Please welcome the Ringo star of Southern rock drummers, Mr. Bob Burns, you know, and he always got a kick out of that. And uh, that's good. I love it. You gave him that credit. He, he may not have been a, a flashy drummer, but he had a great groove. It was perfect for those songs. Those first two albums, you wouldn't change anything about those records. Change nothing. And Al Cooper got him that, that, that delicious fat drum sound, mm -hmm. warm and fuzzy, and uh, and and it was perfect. When I came along, uh, the band needed a, a live drummer, and I am a live drummer. Yeah, that's my that's my uh, strong suit is is playing live, um, and 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 of course the the power of these songs. So I always try to honor Bob Burns when I play the songs that he wrote with the band that he played. And then when I came along, I made a deal with Ronnie. I said, look, I'm going to write my own parts. And if they suck, we'll replace them. We'll change them. Uh, but, but I get, I get the chance to write my own parts, you know, without everybody in the band telling me what to do. Now, if, if Billy Powell or somebody said, Hey, Artemis, could you do this? If it was a good idea, you know, I'd incorporate it. But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to, my, my style of doing it was when the band was rehearsing a new song and Ronnie brought it to the band, I would play a very simple drum beat and th so that the, the vocals weren't interrupted and mm -hmm. so that the band could get the groove and feel the groove. And then later on, as we developed the song, I would find places to put in my chops and my licks and my roles around the vocal because why have a vocal if the drummer's doing a drum solo over the top of it uh, uh, that was something that i got from ronnie and so that's the way i developed my songs with the band was to play keep a, a very simple beat let everybody else develop their parts hear the vocals 
And then when the time came, I would incorporate uh, the the licks and the chops and the rolls, uh, and it and it worked. And and that was my deal with Ronnie. Uh, I wasn't going to let them drive me crazy, telling me what to play. I'll play it, and if it sucks, let's change it. You know. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems like the right approach. Yeah, let the song develop, and then you can embellish it once the song is ready. Do you, as much, of course, as you you love and respect Ronnie. Was was he ever hard to work with, knowing that he was? I kind of think of him as the Southern rock James Brown in the sense that, you know, he's sort of, or at least could be viewed as the taskmaster, very clear about his vision. He wasn't going to let anybody fail the band, right? Well, that's that's a good question, and and uh, it's not complicated. Ronnie was a taskmaster. Okay. <laughs> We'd go over one song 50 times. Wow. So that when we got on a stage in front of 200,000 people, that we didn't have to wonder what was coming next, just how hard we wanted to nail it. Right. Because we knew the song. Mm-hmm. And, and it was Ronnie's vision. He was the undisputed leader of Leonard Skinner. He was the undisputed uh a last word he it was his vision and um i watched you know that happen many times uh now the, the the reputation that ronnie got for being you know uh belligerent or you know that came from from all the drinking sure and i don't i don't care who you are if you drink enough scotch whiskey or you drink enough whatever uh you, probably at some point you're going to turn into an asshole. That is true. You know, that's the way with, it is with anybody. And Ronnie was no different. Uh, so sometimes when he would get belligerent, you know, it was from the drinking, but he was very dedicated in rehearsals and writing sessions uh, to let's, let's get the work done and then let's go have a beer. Um, and, you know, Ronnie was, uh, when he, uh, you know, on, under normal circumstances, I found Ronnie to be a gentleman. Um, he had a beautiful handwriting, a cursive, like a like my mother's handwriting was perfect. He had that beautiful cursive. He fished with style and grace. He tried to teach me how to fish, but I have no style or grace. And uh, I cannot catch a fish. I am not a fish catcher. Uh, but, but he was... He was great. Um, but, you know, back in the days, in the 60s and 70s, there was a lot of drugs and alcohol. That had to be navigated as well. Sure. Um, so, yes, Ronnie was a taskmaster. But uh, I found uh, Ronnie to be a highly intelligent, uh, good person. And, uh, you know, if anybody drinks too much, uh, it, it, it makes them turn. And Ronnie was no different. I'm no different. Um, uh, anybody. So, no, sure. I, I found Ronnie to be a prolific writer, uh, a true genius when it came to touching people with his songs. And uh, I, in many circumstances, he was a complete gentleman. Um, you know, he he was he had a little shyness to him as well. Interesting. Um, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Steve Gaines. So, of course, 
his life was cut way too short, tragically. Oh, you know, selfishly, as Skinner fans, we only got one album out of him, uh, Street Survivors. Do you, I'd love to hear anything you have to say about him, but also, I mean, do you think about what Skinner would have, would have done next? What, where would the band have gone musically, especially with Steve Gaines sort of coming in and reinvigorating the band in some ways? Well, you're totally correct. Good question. Of course, when we lost Ed King, uh, Ronnie and Ed uh, wrote together. You know, Gary and, and Ed and Ronnie on Sweet Home Alabama. Uh, I don't think it gets any better than that. Yeah. Uh, but when Ed, you know, had to leave the, the road, um, he just, to save himself <clears throat> from the drinking and the drugs, Ed, Ed had to make a decision. So for, you know, we went to Europe, we had Give Me Back My Bullets. That that was just the two guitar players, uh, Gary and Alan, which that's more than enough. Uh, but uh, when when Cassie Gaines said, hey, my brother plays great guitar, of course you hear people say that, hey, my cousin plays guitar. You go, oh, that's nice. Yeah, uh, who would believe but, that? You're right. <laughs> who would believe it right? was someone as talented as Steve Gaines? Uh, yeah. Cassie Gaines kept saying, yeah, my brother. Finally, we saw what she was talking about, and and Steve was amazing. So Ronnie and Steve, look at their duet. You got that right. Um, you ask, uh, you know, to your point, what would have happened? Well, two things. Ronnie Van Zant would have collaborated with all kinds of people. He would have been collaborating <clears throat> with everybody out of Nashville. But there's one thing about it that I know that all these experts that think they know what's going on. They just guess him. Ronnie Van Zant would have kept Leonard Skinner together. He knew which side of the, his bread was buttered on. Ronnie knew what his ace in the hole was, and that was his band, Leonard Skinner. That was his vision, his dream, his baby. And that, and I don't think he would have ever changed that, other than you know loss of life or something. Uh, Leonard Skinner would have been together today with Ronnie Van Zant singing for it um, with anybody that, that survived. Now, um, who would he have collaborated with? Well, you know, in a way, he just collaborated with Judy Van Zant. Um, excuse me, uh, Ronnie Van Zant, uh, Dolly Parton, and Ronnie Van Zant and Gary Rossington. Yeah. Because on Dolly's version, uh, of Freebird on her album, it's different than the one on our album. It's exactly the same, except for one thing. On Dolly's version, Judy Van Zant gave permission to drop Ronnie's vocal in on the first half of the second verse with Dolly. So you've got Ronnie singing with Dolly, just like Nat King Cole sang with Natalie Cole on Unforgettable. Yeah. How they dropped that, they ghosted that in. Mm -hmm. Well, they ghosted in uh, Ronnie's vocal in the second half. And that's the way it is on Dolly's version. So in a way, uh, Ronnie collaborated with Dolly. And he would have collaborated with Jamie Johnson, anybody that's big. Toby Keith, the wonderful human being that did so much for veterans and everybody and, and had unbelievable, unlimited hit songs and number ones and albums. 
uh, that we just lost, uh, Ronnie would have collaborated with him. There's no telling who Ronnie would have collaborated with. But back to your point, Leonard Skinner would have always been together because Ronnie knew he wasn't going to break up his vision. That was sure. his baby. And uh, so, yeah, there would have been, you know, and Steve Gaines, he didn't have a chance to establish as much of a legacy as he would have. But Ronnie loved Steve and they loved writing together. And that song, You Got That Right? Uh, I was going down the road one day and they had digitally remastered all of our songs. And, and this radio station, this was years ago, and they played You Got That Right? And it was brilliant. It, it, it shined because they digitally remastered everything. And uh, Railroad Song, they played two cuts on the radio. I was driving down. I cried like a baby when Dolly played Freebird for me, when she played it for me. I cried like a baby when I heard the digital remasters of uh, You Got That Right. Because I'm telling you what, man, uh, Ronnie and Steve nailed it. And their vocals together, there would have been many more duets between Steve and Ronnie. But Ronnie and Steve were killed, and that was the end of that. But, you know, we've got at least one. And 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 uh, Steve has at least the, the piece of legacy that he's got to show the world what could have been. Uh, and then we lost uh, Steve and, and Cassie uh, and Ronnie uh, that fateful day. But you're right. His his music lives on. Steve will not be forgotten. So no, sir. I, I apologize. I, I realize I've already kept you over our allotted time. I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> I've got a million questions, but I don't want to keep well, you Craig, over. Let me let me throw this out there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you my telephone number. Oh, and uh, I don't I've, I've never sent or received an email. I've never downloaded anything on a computer. I've never mm -hmm. touched a computer. You know, let me let me just say um, I'm going to give you my telephone number and I, I want you to call me anytime. 24 seven, if you've got a question that I can answer about Skinner. Now, if it's something that I know, I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. And if it's something I don't know, I will tell you. Um, I don't know everything about Skinner. Um, you but, know enough. <laughs> you know more than I know some stuff. Aside, you probably know. I mean, you do know more than any other living person now. Like you said before, sadly, you're you're the last living member of Leonard Skinner. So it's not a good feeling. It's not a great feeling. But yeah. one thing that is a good feeling on October twentieth this past year. Mm -hmm. On the day of the 46th uh, remembrance of the airplane crash, my band and I were at the Grand Ole Opry. We played two songs. We dropped a single that day in Nashville. You know, uh, 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 Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn singing Sweet Home Alabama, which I love his performance. Uh, so there I am on the stage at the Grand Ole Opry. I'm looking up at my rock and roll friends in heaven going, well, look, hey, everybody, here we are. We're re we're representing. We're here representing yeah, uh, being debuted and, and asked into the country uh, to the uh, Grand Ole Opry, and yeah, uh, we've played the Ryman Auditorium with Dolly Parton to, to raise money for breast cancer awareness. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, uh, let me, can I give you my number right now because we're going to get cut off here? Yeah, it'd be an honor. Thank you. Uh, area code eight.
Artemis, I, I can't thank you enough. That's amazing. I, I, I might have to hold you to this. I'd love to get in touch and uh, hear more about Leonard Skinner from you. This is a, it's a band I grew up loving. It's my dad's favorite band. I always, I've said it here on the podcast a million times, but my first three concerts were seeing Leonard Skinner in the eighties, the, the reunion, the reunited Leonard Skinner in the eighties, three years in a row as a young kid. And I believe you were playing those shows, at least one or two of them at the time. I was seven or yes. eight years old, but I'm a, I'm a huge Skinner fan for, for years. And it's just incredible to be able to talk to you. Well, back at you, Clay, I, I was living in Jerusalem, Israel, in the castle of King David on Mount Zion. I was going to school and Gary and Alan called me and said, we're going to do the tribute tour and that I could raise money for all of my world, my causes. So, you know, I went ahead and uh, came back to America. We did the tribute tour and uh, yeah, we've lost, uh, lost so many along the way. So please feel free to call me and leave a message if I don't get back right away. Uh, I'll get I'll get back to you. And uh, my band, uh, my other band, Pile Tribe, uh, mm -hmm. my son's band. Uh, I live with one of my sons, Marshall Pyle. He's a singer songwriter. He wrote music for the soundtrack we did about the plane crash. My son, yeah. Chris, wrote three songs for the soundtrack. Uh, we were playing up in Nashville at some point with Hillbilly Vegas. Oh, cool. Um, that's been uh, canceled a couple of times because of uh, weather and what have you yeah. and uh, uh, medical issues. Uh, but we have a gig up there uh, and, uh, you know, look out for that pile tribe. And I'll try. Uh, I'd, yeah, I'd love for you to come to any of our shows. I'd love to do it. And I'll definitely Thanks, be on dude. the lookout for pile tribe. And uh, yeah, you might regret giving me the number. You're going to hear from me at some point. Stay in touch, Clay. Man, thank you so much, Artem. This is an honor. Yeah, man. Have a great day. We'll see you later on. Yes, sir. 10-4. Over and out.